Welcome to the Soul Traveler Podcast, an exploration of conscious living with your host, Jennifer Mitchell of The Soul Experience. Join Jennifer as she explores the quantum realms of the subconscious mind and all aspects of spirituality. Driven by curiosity and a thirst for knowledge, topics will stretch the boundaries of your imagination and revive your mind, body, and soul. Hey, cosmic adventurers, welcome back to the Soul Traveler Podcast. We're all about exploring the mind-boggling dimensions of quantum reality and the mystical cosmic realms. I'm your host, Jennifer Mitchell, and today we are taking a deep dive into some really enchanting territory. I had the pleasure of chatting with the wonderful Kelly Sparta, who is host of the Spirit Sherpa podcast. Our conversation was nothing short of magical as we dived right into the captivating world of shamanism. During this episode, we peeled back the veil on what it really means to be a shaman. We got a sneak peek into what a session looks like with one. But that's not all. We also ventured into the extraordinary realm of living in a house with portals. Yeah, you heard that right, portals. Kelly shared her experiences and wisdom and how to recognize if your space has a portal and more importantly, how to close it if you need to. So get ready to embark on a mystical journey as we recap this awe-inspiring conversation on The Soul Traveler. It's time to explore the magical and mysterious together. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show, Kelly. I'm so excited to have you on with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I live in Boquete, Panama, so every day here is pretty good. Amazing. You said you live in Panama? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I live on the side of a volcano. I've actually always wanted to go to Panama. We were just looking at cruises, and I said, I'm going to go to Panama. (laughs) Yeah, well, if you want to see Panama, a cruise is not going to give you a lot of time to do it. So you may want to think about just coming. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I'll keep that in mind, and I'll be visiting you if I come. So (laughs) I'm here. Happy to show you. Well, I've really been looking forward to our conversation today, and I'd love if you could just start off telling listeners a little bit about your story and and who you are. Sure. So my mother was psychic when she was a child and got scared of it and turned it off and never could figure out how to turn it back on again. And so she was committed to the sense that I was never going to have that problem. And so from the time I was five years old, she had me training in mediumship and psychic skills and doing personal growth and development stuff. And she said I was talking to ghosts in my crib when I was like one and a half, you know. So I've been doing this work since I was five years old. And the funny part is, is that people say, oh, well, how'd you get into coaching? And I'm like, well, it's not really something I got into. It's it's not what I do. It's who I am. I literally I had a 10-year high school reunion some a lot of years ago, and I went and looked at my, my high school yearbook, and a lot of the signatures read like client testimonials. It was kind of terrifying. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I've been doing this my whole life. And the thing that really got me into this as a as a path for business-wide, mm-hmm. right, is I was 28 and I had done the American Dream checklist, right? So I had the yeah. trophy husband, I had the big house, I had the dog, I had the two cars, I had a successful business, I was a pillar of my community doing volunteer work, and I hated my life. 
I hated it. My, my husband and I had been in a cold war in our marriage for years. The dog didn't like me. <laughs> I didn't, I never liked the house that we bought. I was burned out on my business and I was hiding in doing my charity work. I was hiding from the rest of my mm -hmm. life. And so I just destroyed everything. I just ripped it all to the ground. I divorced my husband, made him take the dog, sold the house, sold the business, moved out of state to live with a bunch of people. I met at the Renaissance Fair. My former business partner said I ran off and joined the circus and he was not quite wrong. <laughs> and so, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So from there, I did four years of deep personal growth work. And at the mm -hmm. end of that, I ended up on walkabout. I, I, went out in my car on a year-long journey that took 14,000 miles of travel. And I was living on $350 a month of unemployment insurance and the kindness of strangers. And in that journey, I learned where I ended and other people began because I'm an empath and I didn't know that. I had terrible boundaries and no idea how to deal with them. And and I, I learned a whole bunch of stuff on the journey. And in the course of that journey, people would ask me the same questions over and over again. And I got tired of answering them, right? Because <laughs> it's like the bard mm -hmm. singing for your supper every night, right? And so I sat down one, one stop and I wrote 45 pages in three days of all the stuff that I'd been talking to people about, which was the last five years worth of personal growth work I'd done. And that became the foundation of a book that I would continue to add to for the next 20 years. Mm -hmm. And that book wow. turned into my program. So basically, every time something mm -hmm. I did in my personal work worked, I put it in the book. And so it became this compilation of all the things that actually made a difference. And that became what is now my programs. And so I, I tell people that in the spiritual growth work, uh, I can take a 25-year journey down to a two-and-a-half-year journey. And I can take 10 years worth of energetic training down to that same two-and-a-half years because you get both at the same time. Because mm -hmm. if you don't do your personal growth work and your energetic work at the same time, you will go out of balance and you will end up either energetically hamstrung or you will end up going to the dark side and looking for power outside of yourself, <laughs> right? And so... yeah. That took me, and I've been doing that for the last uh, seven years in the current format and in a small group coaching format. And right now, I'm excited because in the last five, seven years, there's been a ton of people mm -hmm. waking up, and they are now yeah. at the stage where they want to start teaching, but they don't really have their own wisdom to teach yet. They're still formulating their own stuff, right? They're still learning, they're still growing, but they want to teach. And so I'm actually starting a spiritual coach certification program. Actually, I've already started it. And it is going to allow people to use the programs that I've been writing for the last 25 years and license them to do that and then help them as they develop their own wisdom later will help them to develop their own systems. And so I'm really, I'm excited. It's a very collaborative sort of business structure that I'm creating. It's almost like a franchise initially. And then I'm like looking mm -hmm. to evolve it into a spiritual university where all of the teachers who start a spiritual off. university. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. You know, one thing that you said I'd like to go back and highlight is how you mentioned that your mom said that you were talking to spirits in your crib. Yes. Because that's one of my, actually one of my very first memories, Kelly, is I was in my crib 
and my window was open and like this ghost came in and it said, stop crying. It's okay. And then it flew out and I started screaming. <laughs> it didn't necessarily make me because like I didn't understand. <laughs> but when you said that, I was like, oh my God, I hadn't thought about that in like a couple of years. But yeah, like it's amazing that like we're so open psychically when we're younger and I think a lot of us shut that off because we get scared, My, myself included. I'm definitely guilty of that. I, I absolutely know I have abilities that maybe I, I have shut off because it, I get scared. You know, you see movies like where you get possessed because a spirit comes in your body. Oh, yeah. And it's easy to block because society wants to keep us down and wants to keep us scared and small so that we don't step into our power. So that that was interesting yes. because it just like that memory popped right in my head when you said that. <laughs> That's awesome. And and it's, you know, you're not wrong. It's very common. It's very common for mm. children to have a really good connection. Like children have been known to walk up and say, oh, hi, mommy, I love you. And I'm so glad I get to be in this life with you. But I, I remember last life, I was your dad. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I see those online because I, I answer questions on Quora a lot. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. People are. And that comes across in my work too. I'm a, I'm a past life regressionist. And so oftentimes with my clients, when we regress to those past lives, we try to find out like who members of their spirit family are. And it's very, very common that our parents, siblings in a previous life were mom, dad, brother. It's our soul family, our soul tribe. <laughs> yeah. Well, and past life stuff can heavily influence current life stuff. I mean, yeah. I've done work with business clients of mine yeah. who... I traced what was going on with them to a past life where they had achieved great riches and then they had it all yanked out from under them and they were worse than they were before they got the riches. They were shunned from society and they died. But it's like, okay, so this past life is hamstringing your business right now. We need to deal with that, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes that no, still plays definitely. It, right? It's huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had a client who came to me not that long ago, and I'll just give a super short, you know, 30 second version, but she was experiencing some pain in the upper left side of her stomach. She's 27 when she comes to me for the session. When we had regressed her in the previous life, she was 27 and she was stabbed in an alley in that exact same spot where she was experiencing the pain. And she'd gone to doctors, she changed her diet, acupuncture. And it was all linked to the past life and it manifested at the same age in this life as she was yeah. in, in the past life. And there's so much stuff and people don't realize that it's all interconnected. Our soul sometimes gets attached to those things that happen. It can't, doesn't want to let it go. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's so funny because you say that they should been to all these doctors and stuff, right? I mm -hmm. was sitting in Starbucks 15, 20 years ago, 15 17 something. And I was talking to my friend who had heard me like go on and on about this forever. I was really trying to figure out what my path was. Right. And I was like, yeah. I was working it hard and I was working and working. I wasn't getting any traction. I wasn't making a lot of money. I wasn't getting what I wanted out of life. And my guides were just saying, be who you are, be who you are. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? You know, like, who am I being, right? I just like, I read it with my yes, guys. I read it with my guys. More words, because this does not help, right? And in my head, for some reason, Amachi, the hugging saint, was like making her rounds through Boston at the time. And I was like, I, I'm not freaking Amachi, right? You know, I can't just sit there and get paid to hug people. I don't know how to do that. I don't have any devotees to do all my marketing. I don't know what I'm, I'm sitting there going, I, I 
be yourself to me somehow meant be Amichi, right? <laughs> so I'm like having this raging fest with my friend who was so patient to listen to me because I she, we had this conversation so many times. And in walks this woman that I know from the pagan community. And she walks in the door and I look at her and I'm like, oh my God, I went walking up to her. I'm like, what happened to you? And she said, what do you mean? I said, your aura is totally screwed up. What happened to you? She's like, I don't know. I've been to my doctor. I've been to specialists. Nobody can tell me what's wrong with me. I'm like, your aura is screwed, girl. That's what's wrong with you. Stand still. Hitchhiker? No, it was just, just, it was, she was all twisted up and like holes in it and whatever. And, and I said, just stand still. And I just shoved everything back where it was supposed to be, moved everything around, shifted her back into her body properly, healed up the aura. And I was like, better and she's like oh yes thank you and i'm like great go get your coffee come and see me and i went back and continued my who am i supposed to be i'm not freaking amachi conversation you want to talk about missing the message right and it was so funny because this friend gets her coffee walks back over walks into this conversation where i'm like be who you are what is that supposed to mean and she looks at me <laughs> with her jaw dropped and goes have you met you and I'm like, what? She said, I just told you I went to all these doctors and that didn't, nobody could find anything. And you didn't even know I had a problem, but you knew it for the moment you saw me and you fixed it in under three yeah. minutes. Have you met you? And I was like, hmm, okay. Oh, okay. And I didn't know what to do with that, right? Because that's where we go, moment. right? We get to this place where we're faced with ourselves and we're just like, mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with that, right? I'm not, I'm, huh? and it's so funny because I see this happen all the time with spiritual people. They go through the same thing where they're just like, oh, I just do what I do. And it doesn't, you know, it's no big deal. Everybody can do that. It's like, no, nobody can do that. Or almost nobody can do that. You know, you're awesome. You're amazing. You know, get a grip. And they're just like, really? I don't, I, mm. right. There's that piece, wow. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just love that. A spiritual healing right inside of the Starbucks. <laughs> People watching that day were probably like, what is going on? <laughs> if I told you how many weird places I've done healing, you <laughs> just, yeah. can imagine. Crazy. Hey, soul travelers, pardon the interruption, but I just have to tell you about quantum healing hypnosis because one session forever changed my life and now I'm living my purpose to help others just like you. I was so lost in my life and absolutely miserable in my career until I received the guidance needed from my higher self. Now I'm spreading awareness about the life-changing modality of quantum healing hypnosis. In one single session, we will spend the day journeying deep into your subconscious mind and unlock the hidden wisdom within. We'll revisit a past life, explore what your soul does between lifetimes, your subconscious mind will scan your body, looking for health concerns and perform self-healing. They'll even connect directly to the Akashic Records so that you could get your most important life questions answered. Quantum healing hypnosis is absolutely nothing like a traditional hypnosis session. And you know that everything is 100% legitimate because nothing is being filtered through a third-party practitioner and your higher self will never misguide you. Your session is audio recorded so that you could listen back and play all of the advice that your higher self spoke to you under hypnosis. So if you're ready for personal growth and a positive change, then it's time to discover the essence of who you truly are. Book a session with me today at thesoulexperiences.com. Now back to the show. 
I do want to shift gears a little because and I, we were just talking offline how I commented on one of your TikTok videos that you had made about portals in the home. Yes. And that actually resonated with me because like sometimes I think I have one. My dog barks in the corner all the time, nonstop. There's nothing freaking there. But, and so I'm like, okay, do I have a portal? So how can somebody know they have a portal? What do they do? Give me the lowdown. Okay. Let, let me have it, Gally. <laughs> okay. So portals are actually not terribly common. But when you have one, you know, because random stuff ends up in your house. You'll end up with spirits and entities and all sorts of weird stuff happening in your house. And even if you have protections up on the house, things are still getting in. That's a good indicator. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've got wards up, but mm, I still got a spirit in my house the other day or I had this negative energy that came in or whatever. If things are getting through your wards on a regular basis, you've probably got a portal in your house. Okay. So, so funny. Remember I told you we did that four years with the people I was working with and we did healing work together. The people I moved in with from mm -hmm. the Renaissance Fair were all shamans and witches and healers. And so we had- Which I want to talk about being a shaman yeah. next. Too. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> that too. But but we had we had the magical house. One, one of the people had pulled the ley line to the edge of the house and it was a hundred year old house. It was almost a week already. Wow. And when he pulled the ley line to the house edge, it woke the house up. And so we had this amazing magical house, but occasionally- random things would form in the basement. And so like we would get a, a portal, a door or a window would open in the basement or, or, or show up and not quite open. And, and we actually ended up creating some rules around the magical house because we needed magical rules. It's like if a door or when do not open doors and windows that you don't know where they go. If a door or window appears of its own accord, do not open it. Inform the house warden immediately. <laughs> These are, and we had to have that is so cool. We had to have them because people did them, right? It's like every time someone did something stupid, we had to create a rule, right? And so I was like, okay, yeah. So don't open a portal if it shows up. Banish it, right? Because <laughs> you don't know what's on the other side of that portal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like an interdimensional magical house. Right. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes. So if you have a portal that's already open, the first answer is just close it, right? Just see it. As How do you door. do that? Just imagine that it has a door and just close the door mm -hmm. and see okay. if it sticks, right? So here's the thing. Magic is intent. It's focused intent. And so all you have to do is be able to imagine that this is what you're doing and it will happen, right? So if you're not a visual person, imagine hearing the door slam okay mm -hmm. if you're not a auditory person feel yourself closing a door right it, or door. just go over and grab a physical door and just you know map that feeling onto the energetic door of the portal right that's the simplest solution and then just like crunch the doorway up and send it out into the universe and say you know go away don't come back right? That's the simplest answer. So when you do these things on a regular basis, when you work with energy on a regular basis, sometimes things want to come in and they create their doors to say, can I play? And, or you look yummy. I want to come and chew on you. One or the other, right? Mm -hmm. And this is why you want to Sometimes play. we call it too and we don't realize it. Is that yeah. true? Like if we're like, oh dear God, I just need some help. And if we're not necessarily putting our intention out there, somebody or something might come to help us that maybe isn't what we would have chosen. That correct or might not be to help us, but heard the call for help and went, oh, here's somebody who's weak. I can get them now. You know? Yeah. yeah you got to be careful. 
You got to be careful. I saw something on Quora this morning that was they had called in a demon and they then were surprised when the demon wouldn't leave. And I'm like, one, what are you doing calling in demons? I think it's like shocker. Hello, McFly. You know, <laughs> well, my favorite movie in the world. <laughs> no, it's not my language. Literally my favorite movie ever. <laughs> that was another magical house rule. Never summon anything you can't banish, right? And if you summon it, it's your job to van- banish it. We're not helping you. Get a grip. Do it. Because it just creates drama. The first one was no mucking about with time and space within the confines of the property because that one made everybody late one day. And so it was not good. Mm-hmm. Everybody was pissed. But, you know, just the wonders of living with a bunch of magical people. So, Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine that. It must have been such a cool period in your life, living with all these people. and It was good and it was bad in its own ways. Mostly good. But it's one of those things you look back on. And at the time we were living through it, you knew it was special, right? You knew. Because, you know, you've got these six people living in this three-story, 3,600 square foot, six-bedroom, two-bath Victorian mansion. Wow. Right. And we're just I can literally feel the energy as you're talking about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Well, what's so funny is that they sold the house. The guy who owned the house sold it when I left on walkabout. Everybody just dispersed and he sold the house. And today is a it's a recovery center for men who are recovering from addiction. Because the energy there was oh. so steeped in healing that it just drew in another healing space. Yeah. Right. And because yeah, we were, that's what I we did, that. right? That house was amazing. That house was way too cool. And yeah, one of these days, I know you want to talk about shamanism, so I, I, I won't tell the story right now. But. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what inspired you yeah. to become a shaman? And what is it a day life like, in the life of a shaman? Well, so one of the guys in the house was a shaman. And he, so I went into the basement of this house. Now it's a hundred year old house. And so there aren't like switches on the walls. There's pull switches in the center of the room. Right. And so I went Mm. into the basement in the middle of the night and was reaching around flailing, trying to find the pull switch. And as I was walking forward, I felt like I walked into this spider web and I was like, oh no, I don't need whatever is down here this bad. And I turned around and I went back up and I'm like, I will go and get this in the morning, whatever it is. I don't even remember what it was. And I went upstairs and I came back down the next day and there were no spider webs in the room. And in that moment, I realized that there had been no spider webs on me when I came out of the basement the night before. And so I mentioned this to my friend and he said, grandmother spider is calling you. You need to pay attention so that she doesn't do to you what she did to me, which is hatch an entire nest of baby spiders and have them come down and chew on him. And I'm like, I don't want that. But what does that mean? No, I don't understand. What does it mean that grandmother spider is calling? I don't understand. I'd never heard of shamanism. I didn't know anything about it. And he's like, no, you're being called. And that began the journey that actually ended up with me going on walkabout because I dedicated myself to grandmother spider. And and I asked her, I actually have a tattoo that I got done at the beginning of that journey that was my dedication to Grandmother Spider. And the idea was to learn to walk the web of life gracefully before I learned to weave it. And so that was the beginning. That was my initiation point. And that entire journey was my shamanic initiation that whole year on the road. Some people do it through a vision quest. 
I did a year of slinging my butt to the wind and hoping I'd do okay. <laughs> it's a leap of faith. The universe requires a leap of faith if you're going to step into this path. And with yeah. that so said, don't be a shaman if you don't have to. So if somebody wants to come to you as a shaman, like, what is the experience like for them? Well, so it's different for different people. I've got a wide and mm -hmm. deep tool chest. And so it depends on the person, what they need. It could be simple talk wow. and coaching. It could be energy work. It could be ritual work. It could be, you know, mm -hmm. any number of things. I do retreats with people. So it depends on the person. Sometimes I'm clearing curses. Sometimes I'm working with people on identity up-leveling and foundational deconstruction where they've ripped out the foundations of who they believe themselves to be. And now they're sitting there going, okay, now what? Right? So sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's I'm having a hard time and I just need to, an add a girl or an add a boy. I'm like, okay, we could do that too. You know, sometimes it's learning how to do some energy work. I mean, I teach all of my students how to do energy work. So when I'm working with people mm -hmm. in my programs, there's learning content and there's group coaching and there's discussion group. And that's a very intimate process because we're super connected and the groups are very small. So there are less than 15 people. It just depends. I mean, I talk about everything from money mindset to self growth and trauma from childhood and trauma currently. And so it's 50 years of study, man. <laughs> Like, yeah, you know. well, it sounds very interesting, very different from my experience with the shaman, which is why I asked, yeah. because I only had one experience and it was, it was unique. And so maybe it was a ritual, mm -hmm. but I'm going to just share yeah. because it left me like with this, I wanted to run out of the house. Oh. <laughs> so she, yes, because she pushed a play on like three different CD tracks. So I had like this one track that was like doing like some sort of like background music and then she pushes like another track that was running and doing like a different type of like meditation or something. And then there was like a third track. And so I have like all of these like music like going and she's like lay down on the table. And Kelly, I kid you not, I thought I was going to have a seizure because it was such sensory overload. And then she was doing like the rain stick and like, hi. And I was like, I wanted to get up and run. I thought I was literally going to have a seizure. And I remember leaving and I said, I don't know if this is everybody's experience. And so like hearing you kind of talk about how you sit down and you like customize the experience, like for people, it brings a different perspective, you know, to light. And it makes me question like how many, but there's a lot of shamans that are out there, but it sounds like I love to hear your approach because it sounds like more like it's one-on-one, -on -one, like you're listening to people and you're custom, you know, creating what they customize and what, what they need is so. Yeah, that's very true. And I, I actually don't work with pre-recorded anything and even my own stuff. I don't work with pre-recorded anything because I want to be able to adjust the energy in the moment. I do sound healing. Mm -hmm. I do that. Yeah. I even, you know, my husband's trained in sound healing. I, I trained him. So the two of us do it together. And when my students are all together, we do group sound healing. And mm -hmm. it's very dynamic, very in the moment. Energy work has to be in the moment because that's where you yeah. are. You can't bring something from somewhere else and expect that it's going to work in the current moment because you're not there mm -hmm. anymore, right? And so it's one thing to have a background track if you're doing something, straight energy work or whatever, but I can't imagine trying to layer three tracks of music on one another and then doing energy work on top of that. That would be really annoying. Yeah. yeah. 
it was very overwhelming. I felt nauseous after because not because and then she said she pulled a snake out of my stomach, which maybe she did, which is fine. But like, I literally, I felt nauseous because it was sensory overload. There was so much going on. And I just remember thinking, I need to get off this table. <laughs> so, and I'm going to, so. I'm going to say for the listeners who are out there, if you ever feel that yeah. way, get up and leave. Okay. Don't, mm-hmm. don't be polite. Don't wait for things to close. Mm-hmm. Get up and leave. And at the same time, there are moments where you're mid, midway through a transformation and it mm-hmm. is necessary to stick with an uncomfortable feeling. So how do you know the difference, right? Yeah. So the reason yeah. I was saying get up and leave is because the moment she put those headphones on your head, you were uncomfortable. And so, yeah, I was. Yeah. And that would be the time to get up and leave because you were not mid transformation at that point. You were just not in alignment with the work that she was about to do. Mm -hmm. And just because somebody says they're a shaman, I mean, there's no certifying board for shamanism and there never will be because there shouldn't be. Okay. And the way Mm -hmm. shamanism works, there should not be a, a, a certifying board. It's just not the way it works. But, you know, you don't know who you're going to get. There are people out there who are taking people through weekend courses and and saying, you're a shaman, which is the biggest load of crap I've ever heard in my life. I mean, just no. (laughs) Under no circumstances do you know enough in a weekend course to call yourself a shaman, right? It's just just not going to happen. And so they're putting the stuff out there thinking, okay, I'm a shaman because I was told I was a shaman. And that is the criteria for being a shaman is being acknowledged by another shaman, right? That's criteria. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that if you've got somebody giving away acknowledgements willy-nilly, then you've got people out there doing stuff that they don't even understand and they don't have a grip on, right? And what scares me the most, it's concerning, is that people who are calling themselves shamans who are doing like ayahuasca journeys and stuff like that, and they're not treating it with the reverence it's meant to be treated with. Okay. Now, some of them are. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against ayahuasca entirely, but I don't do it. But I know exactly one practitioner that I would recommend or two. They work together. But the other ones are, it's a fad, right? They're getting in on the bandwagon. It's good for that. You know? And, it is. And a lot of people really are associating shamanism with ayahuasca at this point. And I've actually started mm-hmm. calling myself a spiritual coach more than a transformational shaman because of that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be associated because it's not what I do. It would be not that I have a problem with it, but that because it's not what I do. Right. So it's, it creates an un, unrealistic expectation in people's minds. But if you're in some place and the moment you walk in, you're uncomfortable, you should leave. You should trust your body. Your body knows. Right. Because, yeah. you know, even in a, like a Reiki treatment, People are like, oh, well, Reiki can do no harm. That is true. The energy of Reiki can do no harm. I'm a Reiki master teacher. I have the right to say that, right? But there are other things that can be delivered with the Reiki that can do harm. And so Mm -hmm. it is deceiving to say Reiki can do no harm. It's implying that you can not get hurt by, by a Reiki treatment, which is not true. Because if they're delivering other things other than Reiki with the energy work, you can get hurt by it. So... Yeah. 
you know, it's it's that whole piece. Yeah. And I really appreciate that sharing your knowledge and expertise and providing a different perspective. And to your point, she was a referral of a friend. So that's why I wanted to leave and I didn't want to be mean. Right. Because I was like, oh my goodness, this was so awkward. And so I should have left. I really should have. But I was more interested, I think, in being, you know, the nice person. And and the nausea that you experienced may have been from the headphones, from everything being so overwhelming. But it also could have been a result of the snake coming out of the belly. In Mm -hmm. shamanism, when you get energy work done, there can be stomach issues. Sometimes with a release, people will throw up or retch. Sometimes they will get what we refer to not so kindly as the shamanic shits because <laughs> it comes out the other end, right? And so that can happen in shamanic healing work because you're doing a significant shift to the energy and therefore the body yeah. responds, right? So I can't say for certain which one of those the nausea was caused by. So I guess I felt for me, it just seemed like sensory overload the moment. So that's why I really appreciate though you shedding light and giving new perspective and makes me curious of how many other people have had a similar experience to mine. So I hope I'm more than you would probably <laughs> I'm sure wish a lot. Know. I'm sure a lot. Yeah. The easiest way to say it is, you know what? My energy is just not in alignment with this today. I'm going to cancel for now. And if I'm feeling better later, I'll rebook, right? And that's just the easy way to say it and and to have a nice, easy out instead of going, you're a crazy bitch and I don't want to be here. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really what you want to (laughs) say. Well, Kelly, it's, it has been so lovely chatting with you today and just hearing about your journey and your incredible wisdom. If listeners want to work with you and learn more about you, where, where can they go to find you online? Best way to find me is kellysparta.com, K-E-L-L-E. And mm-hmm. check out my podcast at spiritsherpapodcast.com. And Sherpa is S-H-E-R-P-A. So yeah, I got 320 some episodes out, so. Yes. Your podcast is what, honestly, one of the podcasts that inspired me to start mine. And I'll be on your show, I want to say March, I think in March. So I'm something to look forward to. I'm excited really? to that I didn't well. know that. That's awesome. Yay. Well, I'm so glad mm-hmm. I could contribute. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for connecting today and coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Jennifer. This podcast is brought to you by The Soul Experience, Quantum Healing Hypnosis. Are you ready to embark on an inward journey of quantum healing? Quantum healing hypnosis is the most profound method of inner work and self-healing someone can do while on a spiritual path. In a single session, you experience past life regression, exploration between lifetimes, self-healing performed by your subconscious, release of trapped trauma, and answers to your most important life questions. Your higher self has a message for you and is here to help you and guide you on this life journey. Book a session today with Jennifer Mitchell at thesoulexperiences.com.